Welcome to the CodeCast Podcast. Real-world insights for your daily medical coding and billing processes. And now, here's your host, Terry Fletcher. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CodeCast Podcast this week. My name is Terry Fletcher. So today I want to talk about something that has been happening within my recent audits, which shouldn't be happening now that we're into the 2023 E&M guidelines. I'm getting a lot of script, or I should say templated information continuing that says things like 50% or more spent counseling or coordination of care. That's from the 97 guidelines. I have things with that regard to uh, prescription drug management that isn't management where we're dealing with, um, you know, patient came in for one year, meds refilled, and people are trying to build level four. You have to show the actual management on what the status of that condition is, what the, the script is for, and how it's helping the patient and where they're at in their progression or their goals. If it's, you know, metformin for diabetes, or if it's their blood pressure medication, where are they at within the management of those prescriptions? Um, I'm also seeing things where it seems like physicians have figured out how to put in time that meets the minimum for level fives. So they'll say in every patient, you know, 40 minutes spent with the patient. And so they think that's an automatic level five. Well, as an auditor, it is our responsibility also to determine if that time is, is really appropriate or accurate. And the reason for that is because on the last uh, transmittal that was put out by CMS, they said they're going to be watching time claims. So any claims for E&M that use time solely as the reason for how to level your service, they're going to be auditing those. So um, how do they know? They're going to just pick some random charts and figure out how you do things. And they start calling patients and they say, oh, they only spent with me, you know, 10 minutes. And when you have 40 minutes down, it's going to be hard to say 10 minutes face-to-face -face with the patient and then 30 minutes was spent on non-face-to-face. -face. So you really have to watch those, those time considerations. And then I'm also seeing a lot of telehealth still, even though you're technically allowed to do it until the end of 2024, but for new patient visits. And that doesn't make sense to me. So we, we talked about the um, the telehealth for audio only, that that's no longer allowed for new patients because you have to use the code descriptor, which says established patients. And there's some rules around, you know, as far as having a, a, um, a visit within seven days or scheduling them for another visit or having a related service. So you can't do that. Now, I'm not saying that you can't have a new patient visit for telehealth. You're allowed to for Medicare anyway until the end of 2024. And then for some private payers are allowing it as well. But check with them because some of them are making you use their uh, panel physicians, not the patient's own physician. But you might want to justify why the patient needs uh, a telehealth visit instead of an in-person. Good example. So... Um, when you have a patient, let's say that presents to the hospital and they had an episode of a TIA or stroke, and so they are discharged home, let's say in a couple of days where they're stable, but they need to now start with a primary care doctor. They put them on a bunch of medications from the ER in the hospital, but those are residents. You don't always see an attending at the hospital. So and if that patient isn't mobile or able to get in person to another physician to establish care to figure out the next, you know, what the next move is. Is it, you know, home health or PT or what's going on? 
uh, and to make sure that the medications is, are correct for that patient, then you may need to have a new patient uh, telehealth visit. But it's something that really needs to be discussed. It really needs to be documented and make sure that you can justify it. Because remember, the overarching criterion for any ENM is what? Medical necessity. So when we're, we're dealing with a lot of the um, because you can instead of you should, it's really important to make sure that you document why it's okay. Also, remember, you know, what I keep telling you from what happened with the last CMS stakeholders call in March was they said you can, you should discontinue the use of waivers when no longer needed. So if it's more for patient convenience instead of patient necessity, I think you might have that questioned. So just, just keep those things in mind um, when you're auditing. Also, there's a lot of uh, issues with regard, with regard to moderate risk when you are doing prescription drug management. Oh my gosh, I'm a little loopy today because I just got put on some medication for hypertension and I'm not really sure what it's doing to me, but it's um, making me a little bit kind of feel weird. But anyway, um, let's say that you have a, a patient where you're just saying refill meds versus a patient that um, you're having to go through all the medications from a management perspective. Well, there's a lot of auditors that consider that low risk, not high risk and or even moderate risk. So again, just saying prescriptions filled, that's not going to get you to moderate risk. And then also be careful when you are using the established care, doing a head to toe, what they call comprehensive physical exam, um, when you're fact finding and then or fishing for something, and then trying to build that as a level five, talk about a red flag. So it's just important that you revisit your ENM guidelines for the 2023 year and make sure that your templates are updated. You've updated your physicians. Do a mid-year education piece. We have them. We've have them on demand and we can do that for you if you need it. But it's just important that everybody get on the same page. Stop living in the past with the old templated information and make sure that you have everything updated and accurate so that a current person in a payer uh, that's maybe reviewing your claims can see that you have updated your information and you're not still using old inaccurate information that they don't let you use. So I'm doing a short one today. That's it for me today, everyone. I am um, going to have a longer one next week, but this is for this week. I know I'm going to do a top 10 uh, coming up in the first week of July instead of uh, this week, uh, but I wanted to get this one in. So make it a great day. Just consider this a quick tip of information on the CodeCast, and we'll get back to our regularly scheduled uh, top 10 Tuesday next week. So thanks for listening. And again, make it a great day. For more information on medical coding, billing, auditing, and compliance, including how to hire Terry, follow Terry on Twitter at TerryCoder1 or visit her website at www.terryfletcher.net. Podcast producer Joe Kuzma. Music producer Assassin Music. <laughs>